Without wasting any time, I want us to go to the book of Exodus chapter number 2. Chapter number 2, verse 1. It's, it's a bit of uh, a lot of scriptures that we are going to read, but I, I thought that we'd just rush through them quickly. Chapter 2, verse 1 to 15, and then chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Chapter 5, 21 to 23. And lastly, chapter 14, verse 10 to 15, and then 24 to 30. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when he, she saw him that, she, that he was goodly child, she, did, she hid him for three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and doubt in dubbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river bank by the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done of him and the daughter of pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, and she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman? that she may nest the child for thee. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nest it for me, and I will give thee, I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nest it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out into his brethren, and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, and one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. 
And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that he that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Four verse one to four. Chapter four, verse one to four. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Can you repeat that to you again? And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Chapter 5, verse 21 to 23. And they said unto him, The Lord look upon you and judge, because ye have made our Savior, because ye have made our Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated these people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? Can you repeat the last part of that verse? And Moses returned the last part. Why is it that thou hast sent me? The last one is chapter 14, verse 10 to 15, and then 24 to 30. Chapter 14, verse 10 to 15. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall shew to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, 
ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. From the same chapter, verse 24 and 30. 24 to 30. And it came to pass that in the morning which in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work of the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord, and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had to read a lot of scripture so that the men think that when the spirit is thick in the place, there's no reason that you bless the living God. Let us pray. Father, you are exalted even this morning. You are high, you are lifted up. We bow down to heaven and lift you up, God. Be that glorified as we receive your word, because your word shall never come and go back void. It is a word spoken from your mouth, and Jehovah may your word speak, and may we live in Jesus' name. Amen. We have come to a time of the year as a nation this year, in which is the election year. Everywhere you go, whether you are home or down the street, wherever you are in the workplace, there are people knocking at your doorstep. You tune into your radio, the same thing still 
We are still talking about elections. Whether it's TV, we're still talking about elections. This most especially this month and the following month. But there's only one thing that these people are talking about. They are saying we've got a, uh, a man or a woman that we believe we can send for a council sitting or for for being a member of parliament. And at times, those people or the candidates are the ones that are coming forth to say, I am the right, right candidate that you can choose or that you can send. Their campaign is not an easy one because throughout the campaign there are some debates and there are so many things that they are engaged on. At times emotions go up, at times they are very low. But you know, I like the focus and the, the, the determination that these people have got. Because regardless of how difficult it becomes, they'll still push. Even the one that uh, we are sure that this one will lose, they'll still say, I am the right man. And as I listen to the debates and uh, going on on radio and everywhere in any other platform, I realize that there are only two things that can help one to become uh, a candidate or, or the chosen candidate. The first thing is their track record. Because given a platform, they would ask you, where have you been, what have you been doing, what have you achieved, and what are your failures? And the second thing is what they have. What is it that you have? That is why we hear of these manifestos and every other thing. Because you cannot just choose you when you don't have anything to offer. But then I realize that the same thing applies to us as Christians. As every individual is seated in this house this morning, there is a call to your life. You might not be going out in the street and saying, I am the right candidate. But somehow we realize that God is shaping you into uh, a destiny that he has prepared for you. And it is very important to enjoy the process. Because you keep guiding you and, 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 and making turns and twists and here and there until you get to a place that 
He wants you to be. And after it all, because as we grow challenges and, 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 and all sorts of um, opposition grow up again. You realize that when you are grown up, you can bank on the experiences that you've gathered over the years. But on top of that, there has to be something again that you're holding on to. It can be either your hope, your faith, your prayer, but there has to be something that you are holding on to. Yes. Um, I want you to look at your neighbor because we go through difficult times. One might be saying, ah, this call for me is just too difficult. I don't think I had God right. Because we, some are called for nations, some are called for family. Different assignments. But I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them that you are the right candidate. If the one on your left is, is giving you a serious face, tell them, yes, you had me, you are the right candidate. Yes. Amen. In the scripture that we have read, we come across a young man called Moses. Moses is born at a time where God had promised Abraham that I'm going to take my people and I'm going to go into slavery for 400 years. After the 400 years of slavery, they shall come as a great nation. I used to think when God gives you a word, he would give you a word that everything would be good and fine. But in the conversation that I saw with, with God and, and, and Abraham, God tells Abraham that um, I'm going to give you children that you could not count. Yes, because he's saying that there would be so many like that. But at the same time, just immediately after that, he says they are going to go into slavery. That is when they would become a great nation. It's a bit of a contradiction. God, why do I have to go through slavery? Why don't they just become a great nation? Yes. And Moses is born at a time where the 400 years is about. He is not aware of any other promise that was made. But just like you and me, he finds himself in that time. 
And the Bible says that uh, at that particular time, Bible chapter 1 says that the Pharaoh of that time, he was more of uh, an oppressive leader. Yes. And he saw that the Israelites were increasing in number. And he decided that they should start giving them hard labor. In order for them to reduce their rate of reproducing. Yes, because my little biology tells me that if a man is tired or hungry. Okay, let me talk about dogs because I keep dogs. <laughs> if my dog is very tired, it, it won't be able to perform like the normal. And, and you know, you would give birth to maybe two, three puppies. But to the surprise of Pharaoh, he's giving these people a lot of weight. He's giving them, he's, he's putting them under oppression. But now they are producing more. And he's confused. What could be happening? The simple answer to Pharaoh is God's time, God has spoken away. And when God has spoken away, it doesn't matter what you do to my people. If the time is right, it doesn't matter what they go through. The spoken word of God does not come out and come back home. It has to be resolved. So far as you cannot fight the way of God. And so you will fight the way of God. And the Bible says that Moses is born at that time. When Moses is born, Pharaoh had decided, rather first he said, Santa he said all the boys should be killed. You know that when you want to reduce uh, a number of, let me talk about my dogs. Yeah. Because my elders keep laughing. Laughing. If I keep taking out uh, the male species, the male dogs, it means somehow I would be affecting the rate at which, uh, what do you call it? Reproduction, yes. Yes. And now, Pharaoh decided that he's going to every boy that is born. He should be killed. So the maidens of uh, Egypt that were helping the Israelites uh, during pregnancy. Decided not to do it because they were afraid God or there is, uh, somehow they had the fear of God. Pharaoh tells them, now I want you to throw these boys into the river. So that they die in the river. 
And Moses born at that time. The Bible says that his mother gave birth to him. And she hid him for three months. When she hid him for three months, in the third month, she realized that I cannot hide this thing anymore. Uh, he, she came up with a plan of putting him by the, in the basket by the river. And Moses is there floating in the river. And his sister is seated, is standing by a bit far off. And it says that Pharaoh's daughter came to the river to bath. And she sees this boy. And somehow she fell in love with what she saw. Mind you, a decree had been given. That they should be thrown in the river. The plan of God. She would have... She had, if, if, if it was normal, she would have just filtered the, the basket into the river and went her way. But because the God had a plan about Moses' life, he made sure that Moses' life was preserved. And it says that they took the, the, the Moses and they gave, uh, the sister took the, the Moses to her mother. And the mother kept her for some, a few months. And she took, uh, he, she took him back to Pharaoh to, to live in the palace. So Pharaoh's daughter treated Moses like her son. Go back just a little bit. The Egyptians were oppressed. But Israel were oppressed. And they were making bricks. Making bricks and bricks. You don't want to tell me that in that system where people are building every day, for the king, the daughter to the king would just go to the river to bat. What are they building so that they cannot build toilets? It has to be something that is being done at the river. Because with the developments that the Egyptians had that time, they were more advanced. Yes. Now, uh, Pharaoh's daughter goes to bath. And as she goes to bath, uh, like we said, she sees Moses. But it was not just a normal bath. I'm trying to build my case. There's something with this Nile River. The Nile River to the Egyptians was almost everything. Because the Nile River would, would by the river banks, the, 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 the Egyptians would do their crops. They would come fishing. And they would even uh, um, 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 
get water from the Nile River. So somehow they believe that one of their gods or some of their gods are in the Nile River. There was a god who was called Happy. Whom they believed was responsible for the annual flooding of the Nile River. Because as it floods out, uh, uh, the water would push out the fields and the fertile soil outside where they could grow their crops. And also there was another goddess. Sorry for my pronunciation. She was called Hecate. Something like that. It says that she had a, a head of a frog. Yes. That god was responsible, was the goddess of fertility. Every woman who had a problem with giving birth at an appointed time of the year, they would go and bath by this river. They believed that Hecate would hear unto their cry. Hecate would give them. The, the children. So that is the reason why I'm saying for Pharaoh's daughter to go to the river was not just a normal thing. Pharaoh's daughter did not have a son. And she believed that as she goes to the river to go and bath, somehow this goddess would give her a son. Yes. Uh, because with the issues of bathrooms and that, these people were more advanced. Yes. And now they respected the river that much. And, and they respected frog that much. They would not just kill any frog that they see. Because they had a goddess that was having a face of a frog. I want you to tell me that when Moses is brought to the river, the same river that all his age mates were brought. And all that came alive in this river did not make it back alive. Doesn't this show us something? That when God has got a plan about one's life, the things that kill many, that particular person won't die. Because God has got his hand upon that person. Let's go. The Bible says that now Moses grows up. He's the only Israelite that grows up in the palace. And as he grows up in the palace, he knows, he gets to know everything that happens with Egyptian law and everything. everything. But I think the devil made an error. Why do you let an Israelite grow in the palace? We all know what happened to the Americans with Osama bin Laden. Right. 
get to know where you're going. I don't know how they get to know your calling. But at times they'll just mock you with the things that are in line with where you should go. Moses did not know that he's going to become a ruler and a judge at some point. How come this guy is doing it? So not everything that he said about you, you should be angry about. No, no, not everything. You have to take notes and keep Skip your notes. When they are talking, keep your notes. Because all these are forming a pattern in going to your destiny. And Moses not, uh, he doesn't have a choice, but he runs away. And it was for a good cause. How do I drive this one down? At times the call of God would make you do stupid things in order to push you out of where you of your comfort zone. To a place where God can talk to you one on one. Moses, if I'm going to talk to you as God in the palace, there's got just a lot of noise in there. You won't hear me. So at times the call would cause you to do things and you move from your comfort zone to a place that you never thought you would. And it's Moses runs away and meets up Jethro's daughter something somewhere. Where you eat as you want. And now he's looking after life. Time just for this thing. The Bible says that one day he's looking after the, 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 the livestock. And he looks aside and he sees that there is some fire, the bush is burning. And he comes closer, he wants to see what is happening. Then he realizes that this tree is not, is not being consumed. The bush is burning, but the trees are not consumed. And he comes closer. And God says to Moses, for the first time now, Moses is alone in the wilderness. And he hears God for the first 
God says to him, Moses, Moses, wait. Because the place that you are in is a holy ground. And he begins to instruct him to take off his shoes. And he begins to talk to Moses. Moses becomes the first Israelite to have an encounter with God. This is just a, yeah. it's not anointed water. And God tells Moses that Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. Because I want, I've heard the cry of my people. And I've come, I want to take them out up and out of the land of captivity. He uses this word up and out. Not just out. Uh, because he wants to lift them first and then take them out. That's why the Bible says they would come out with great success. They would not just go out. But their wealth shall be lifted. Yes. And Moses says, no Lord. Not me. How do you send me to that nation again? I came here running. I'm fine with where I am. I don't want to go there. Because those people, they want to kill me. And God tells Moses that the Pharaoh that you had, that, that was looking for you, is there. And Moses is like, okay, I'm here. But Ghana, it's, it's been just uh, about 40 years or so. I'm not sure about here. Obviously, the one who is in leadership knows about my story. The one who is leading now knows about my story. And God insists that Moses, you should go. He talks about, hey, I cannot stay. God makes provision and all that. Because it was the right time. It was the appointed time now. Something had to be done. Yes, when you are called, Mabalone will tell you. But when it's time, you can come with all reasons. But when it's time, it's time. He didn't have a choice but just to go. And God and, 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 and Moses uh, asked God, What am I going to tell them? God 
gives him all and everything that he needed. And he, he, he asks him, what is this that is in your hand? The scripture that we read, Moses says, I've got a rod. Moses had always carried this rod. And God says to him, throw it in the ground. As he threw it in the ground, it became a snake. He wanted to run away. God says, lift it up with, your, with a snake. God, I'm running away from the snake. You want me to take it away? Because what God was doing, he was changing the mindset of Moses. That you've always had this thing. But allow me to take it to the next level. So that when you use it tomorrow, it won't be like any other normal one. That is why when he got to Pharaoh, he told Aaron, throw this rod down. When they threw the rod down, it became a snake. And the magicians of Pharaoh threw theirs again. And this snake looked at the small snakes that were about. And it called eight all of them. Yes, yeah, it swallowed them up. Because there was a great God that was in this rod. Those other ones were just magicians. Rod. You gotta keep this thing that God gives you or that God anoints. Because you're going to use it so many times, Moses. And Moses uh, tells Pharaoh that God wants his people to go and worship him at some point at, 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 at in the and God actually hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know, it is always said that if you want to grow, don't be afraid to face challenges. The same principle we see God applying here. Because God is Telling Moses this thing. But at the same time, he's making Pharaoh's heart difficult. It becomes a series of things and things. But the first thing that happened, and you are told you that the people of, of Egypt had so much respect for the river Nile. God tells Moses that tell Aaron to lift up his rod. And strike the water so it become blood. The first attack that God does, he goes to attack that which they thought is the main thing. The second thing that he does, he takes out, mind you, I told you about the frog. 
he they, uh, Moses takes his rod and frogs come out of the rivers and every other thing is frogs fill up the place. That one was an interesting incident. I can just imagine people like, oh no, this is our God. And they can't even kick away the, the, the frog that's When Pharaoh sees this, he cries to Moses again. This is too much. Can you help? You know what Moses does? He kills the frog. He doesn't take the frog back to the river. He kills the frogs in the presence of the Egyptians. And he tells them, I'm going to, in other words, he saying, I'm killing your goddess. So that you see. And the respect that you had to this goddess of yours. You are going to form heaps of frogs. To show them that was nothing. My time is not on my side. I'll try to rush through this. Eventually the people are released. The Bible says that they had borrowed uh, gold, silver, and any other thing which was good. And they go in the wilderness. And they are going, they are going, they are going. They come to a point or where, where they, I think maybe the Egyptians cannot follow after us because we are far. Now, far away he is. I told you that Pharaoh was more of a tyrant leader. And, and he, 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 he got to talk to them, to, to the Egyptians. What did we do? How do we let these people go? Who's going to work for us? Little does he know that God is preparing a battle somewhere by the Red Sea. He wants to take them out. No, the same thing. <laughs> they, 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 he wanted to push them out. And, and as, he, as, as the Egyptians are going, they came, come by the Red Sea. Water. And they are looking aside. Uh, I understand there was a mountain on the left. And the other side there was a mountain. But when they looked back, thinking maybe we can go back and then use the They saw some dust. It was not the dust, uh, uh, clouds, it was clouds of dust. It was no, of no doubt. And they could tell that the Egyptians are coming. And they begin to murmur. With the scripture that we have read. 
Bible says that they begin to tell Moses, Moses, why did you bring him up? You want us to die in the wilderness like this? But is it not better for us to die in Egypt and be buried? When I why do you have to do this thing? You and your God. We are fine with our oppression. We were to adjust and adjust and adjust. But this thing. Why do we have to do this thing? Why do we have to do this thing? Why do we have to do this thing? Why do we the Lord shall fight for you. Wait and see the salvation of the Lord. Mind you, Moses was the only one with this much courage. Because he was the only one who had encountered God. These other ones were moving with miracles. If you are going to have a church that does not know who God is or that God has not revealed himself, himself to them, it's a problem. Because they would want miracles every Sunday. When they are sick, they want miracles. They don't really pray for themselves. But they want miracles. They come to you, pray for us. Man of God will pray for us. And, and it's, it's, it's a dangerous situation. Because I believe that every one of us should be empowered enough to carry our own battles. By ourselves. I don't undermine corporate prayer. But we cannot always keep, uh, you know, meeting and, you know, let's just have it with ourselves. The Bible says that after Moses speaks to the people, that's what leaders do. At times the leader would come and tell you that I know everything is fine. Hold your peace. It's all under control. Yes, even, even, even. Let me give an example of a husband. He tells, tells the family that no, it's all under control. Hey, the food is not home. And he tells me, I'll get food tomorrow. Why there's not even a cent in his pocket? And now Moses goes to the side. He begins to engage God. And God says, Moses, why are you crying? He says, take your rod. (laughs) 
Take your role. Fatomani.
Or maybe you had gone. He whispered something about this place that time. And you heard him right. And he comes to you. You are thinking maybe you bring us a millionaire from somewhere. And God does not go there. That's what experiences you have. I can hear him. From a small church, we went to the tent. We moved from the tent. We built this one. That is my experience. What is saying? What you have now? What are the plans approved? I've got about four, five hundred people in my church. And God this morning is saying, "You are enough of a package." Are you taking you to your next level? Mm, I don't know who you are. Situation. You situation. feel like it's just difficult for me. Oh, oh, my the experiences have been bad throughout my life. My good cause and reason. Why why I can hear one saying, I've got my experiences. But I'm here to tell you. What do you have? One other one is saying, I've got prayer. I've got faith. I've got belief. I've got my salvation. I've got Jesus. Uh, then Jesus, with your experience, you go somewhere. Uh, then uh, faith, with your experience, you go somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that we are equipped enough. That are before us. Now, to handle any challenge that we might face. Like as we grow, challenges are waiting. But equipment is enough. Men who are not able to lift up the rod and the waters broke into two. Some wind came and it broke the water. They began to walk on dry ground. The Egyptians saw this. They were also coming. They also came and walked on the dry ground. Something that God did. He came and he put it at the back of these Egyptian Israelites. He lays a bit the Egyptian. At some point, he asked Moses, Where is that rod of yours? Can you see this? He is only dealing with the things that are already there. And Moses lifted up his rod and he lifted it back. And the waters covered the Egyptians. The Egyptians died off. The whole army of Israel. I can think that when, when they were going through the water, they, some of them were saying, Who? those guys have got? What were they using? Spears or what? But what is God going to do last year? And God does not work according to the system of the world. He has got his own system. He, he does think his own system. He does think his own system. He does think his own system. He 
Maybe he would bring in another tribe to help us. How are Kanya to Bible says that they were covered with water. When they were covered with water, the Egyptians began to go on. The Israelites went on dry ground. That which has been flowing for so many years. At the lifting of Moses' rod, right up. I don't know. The tears that have been flowing for so many years. The lifting of your prayer. They will soon dry up. I don't know what but there shall be a shifting. Oh, to shift things over. Shift them closer. It is half God way. Yes. 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 That is how he does say. Like, my sister, you are, you are having enough. Stop hoping and jumping around. Yes. Yes. Enough for your next level. Yes. Face it. Yes. Don't be on your side. Yes. Call might be difficult at times. Yes. I'm here to encourage you. Yes. You are the right person. There is no need to be. God is not going to use any other person because you are the right one. Thank you, I'm done with the word.